Welcome everyone to your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Feels good to argue again, doesn't it? The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 611 from the ashes is brought to you by Alien Demon Thingy. Come out and play a... Pete, here we are, the penultimate airing for season six, the week that season seven, the final season, the series is wrapping as it shoots there in California, a momentous time, but uh, one that will not prevent us from taking away focus on this episode. Absolutely, though they're getting ready to pack up, to strike the sets, to shut it all down. So amazing to think we've still got a year-long journey to catch up with them. When we catch you up on what went down, the teaser, Zephyr 1, its engines rumble as Yo-Yo comes to with blood on her hands. Yes, she's flying the not-so-friendly skies. The camera moves. Mac has been bloodied. We can tell by Izel Yo-Yo. Uh, Mac expositions her up to speed. It's just the two of them. And Yo-Yo wonders why they were kept alive. Pete, lots of information shared in this act. Yes, uh, the temple and the monoliths, the gravitonium device, it's all connected, Matt. Uh, Yo-Yo says she can keep hunting them because they don't know anything about that. The only one who does is Benson. Pete, that's when Yo-Yo finds out something that I think we all suspected, and probably she should have expected too, uh, that this is not Mac, but rather Izel inside Mac, and that's uh, it's at this point when the reveal occurs. Izel would like to meet this Benson. We get the title card, and then we're back at the lighthouse. HQ is getting a search going. Realign all the satellites. Sheesh, this is like Google Maps. Pete, why the hate on Google Maps, the preeminent... A digital map out there because it sucks uh having done battle with apple maps i could tell you the goog is always where i go pete do fitzsimmons have an answer though team fitzsimmons matt that would be fitz simmons and your deke okay uh working heavily on a solve here uh trying to prevent Izel from overwhelming them again. Deke's just trying to keep up, though. Yes, thank goodness, Pete. It's been a busy week. Thank goodness the Fitzsimmons recap what Izel can do. Thanks, first act exposition. Uh, we see Deke parroting his grandparents. Pete, he's looking for love. Daisy, however, doesn't need to hear their thought process out loud. Do they have answers? They're working on it. As for the not-dead Sarge, Daisy... um also recaps the bodies being had like a be uh, by a being like robbie reyes are you up to date now pete i am and lots and lots to chew over in level seven with throwbacks and still a season and another show to potentially inhabit their bodies uh what isn't simmons saying though she says his memories of a past are memories perhaps of agents of shield with that cut to May and Sarge, he doesn't feel like he's a different person, having only recently realized that he has a different face 
However, he has a different feeling, a sense of echoes. Uh, but is May trying to make him someone he isn't? He's not the cure for your loneliness, he says as he smashes the table, leaving the now iconic handprint uh, on that metal table. Uh, when the series has all wrapped, we need to know who gets the table with his handprint on it. Well, you know, Pete, I feel like slightly beneath the radar, but more and more frequently nonetheless, when a show wraps, they'll do, maybe not right away, but you know, after three months, six months or whatever, they'll do you know, an auction, whether it's to charity or just a straight you know, auction auction. Uh, let's keep an eye out for that table. I don't know. I'll, I'll throw down a couple Benjamins for that table to use as a table. Uh, to podcast from? Hello? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Pete, Colson, Sarge, whatever. He's feeling frustrated. So's May. She walks, meets up with Daisy. They can't force him to talk, though Daisy is okay with that. They need to focus on the part of him that can fight Izell. And Daisy doubts that Colson can be back. It's almost like Pete, she's setting up a little mini arc for the episode where she doesn't believe. Then by the end, she can believe. Oh, doubting Daisy. A Quinjet carrying Benson docks on Zephyr 1, and Maxell tells Yo-Yo not to try anything, or she'll use his hands to choke the life out of her. Um, and also, Izel Mac saying to Benson that the particulars are need to know. With that, Benson does what he was summoned to do. He expositions about the monoliths being a gateway between our world and that of Izel, a world of trapped souls yearning to be free. Uh, as for a possible location, Benson actually has got three, but he says rather chucklingly uh, to, and conveniently to Yo-Yo, the number one choice would prove Keller right. Pete, that's when there's some sneaking going on. Remember Keller, Matt? We barely knew he. And uh, with Yo-Yo uh, bluffing to tell him, Benson coyly deletes the data, which uh, causes Mac to brutally stab uh, the Agent Redshirt through the side of the neck. What 8 o'clock hour, ABC? Stabbing like a freaking monster there. Uh, with that, Izell steps out as Mac Lady Macbeths his hands. Oh, yeah. I like that reference I just made. Benson, of course, has heard the stories. And it looks like they're true. Izell kind of restates her central purpose for the episode. She wants to find the temple to end the act. Izell just wants coordinates, but Benson won't give her anything because he's already lost everything that matters. He must fear something, though. Back at headquarters, Daisy is going to cool kid with Colson, with Sarge. The thing inside him has been growing. He's failed killing Izell in the past, but the power, the rage is growing. Daisy says that he should use it unless he's afraid that this is the real him. Uh, however, he can't manipulate her because he's nothing to her, she says. He could feel the rage churning underneath his skin. Daisy wants him to let the anger out but he wants it to be gone and he thinks daisy has daddy issues uh daisy bounces hits the elevator in size then goes up to the lab where are they on the azel problem they're highlighting the sword that's of course made of the same crystalline structure as the knives or perhaps pete some might say a crystalline entity maybe that's a different show uh, but daisy is angry this isn't any help 
uh, just like that guy downstairs isn't any help. That guy that, of course, in no way she sees Colson in because she's stronger than that, Pete. Uh, however, is she listening, Pete? She's not. And Simmons takes her aside here to point out that she rushed off to space after Colson died, that she has, Matt, what she refers to as a pattern that uh, she bounced after she got her powers. She bounced after Lincoln, uh, that they're there for her before we're there with Macalena. Indeed, we're on Zephyr One's containment box. Mac notes that Izel can only inhabit one person at a time, so at least here the one and the other will know whether they are uh, they are inhabited or not. With that, Izel comes in talking about the Diala of creation, and of course she has the Graviton container. The most powerful Diala, Matt, of course, the one we've not yet uh, had in full use or exposition it reaches into your mind you see and builds what you see and as it's activated of course uh yo-yo and mac tell him it's not real don't believe it matt doubting thomas what indeed it is benson's late husband thomas who appears we see that benson is deeply moved with that, we cut to Daisy's quarters. She has that envelope uh, labeled for her. It is, of course, a letter from the dying Colson. Pete, she reads it, laughs, then cries. Yeah, and when a character on a TV show or in a film reads a letter, reacts, but we don't know what's in it, that is story code for voiceover later on by that character pete regardless of its content she goes to see sarge asking about the memories she said she didn't care about he says that he's always felt the memories but they're more focused now can he remember her maybe but he's nothing neither the rage nor that guy with that she blasts him pretty hard she wants to see him come out pete debate on how hard the blast was debate on twitter uh turns out lethal in most circumstances broken neck act three here begins with fitzsimmons confronting her over what she's done before we are back on Zephyr one in the rear bay where it's revealed that Thomas was driving. Uh, he saw something out in the road and then cut to darkness. I think the, the power of this scene cuts both ways because I think that we who are removed several times from it a we are not benson b we are not witnessing it in uh in, in the first person we're witnessing it on our tv screens we can see that the memories that thomas recounts are all things that benson could himself have witnessed uh thomas's father and sister begging to not pull the plug the liquor on benson's breath things of that sort um it's all it's all stuff that Benson could be echoing back to himself. But I think that we are also completely sympathetic, uh, sympathetic to the fact that Benson can't process it like that. He's seeing his departed spouse in front of him and all this feels real. And Izell stabs him and he disappears. 
but with the Diallo of creation can be recreated again and again and again, finding the thing that Benson fears the most. That leads Benson to say that he's ready to talk now. With that, we cut back to the lighthouse where May and Piper are scanning for Zephyr 1, but there's a problem downstairs. May actually thinks this is a good idea. This is a way to wake Sarge back up, although it's a big risk. Pete, is this a risk you would take? It is, but May doesn't think this is the end game. End game? Never heard of her. <laughs> oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, Pete, there was an article in The Hollywood Reporter summing up uh, San Diego Comic-Con, and one of the misses uh, or negatives or whatever they were doing, plus minus whatever, was the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel because S.H.I.E.L.D. is not more integrated into the movie universe. And it was like, wait, you're unfairly judging the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel for something that has not occurred since basically the series was created and nobody knew that they were also simultaneously getting rid of shield in the movies. Like that's like saying, Oh man, there's not enough Spider-Man in runaways. That's just how it is. That's not a negative or a positive. That's just part of the concept. You just wait until after season seven, where story events have allowed them to retcon it back into the MCU in a seamless, flawless way. Plus, wasn't the Helicarrier in Age of Ultron purposefully sent there by S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that? It was. It was. It's almost, Pete, like sometimes, whether you're writing for The Hollywood Reporter or lesser sites, it's like sometimes you make stuff up just to say stuff as opposed to having salient analysis. Like, Pete, we're always on task. Like, take us back to Sarge Awakening. Sarge is recreated, a la the Diala of creation there. Uh, and he comes to and he uses the strengthening ability to move Daisy out of the way and then to disintegrate the door and leave as the act ends. Fresh act ahead of us here. Daisy races to the lab, rather unconcerned about the Sarge on the loose but asking if they got all the data on him. Daisy grabs the sword. Time to see if it'll kill someone like Izel. And let's not forget, she says, Coulson died a year ago because she's not at the low point of her denial and about to slowly climb her way back up. Pete, that in psychology is called solipsism. In the containment pod, Maclena talk, he reveals what he previously revealed going with her as a purely tactical uh decision was not purely tactical yes pete there still is this opportunity for a tender moment uh then they intuit that benson has given Izel the coordinates they have returned benson is sorry Izel opens a container door yo-yo zips out takes the orb ends up back in the container but then Izel enters her did says Izel. Did they think that that would work? However, Pete, it turns out it did. And with that, she takes Mac out of the pod and he gets her just where they wanted her. He ejects Benson from Zephyr 1. 
And uh, now the team will know that was Mac's objective. And uh, Izel shrugs it off. Fine, more hosts are needed anyway. Uh, back to the lighthouse. Sarge is trying to tear the doors off to get out. Pete, it must be a lot of damage because we see some containers strewn and neither <laughs> see nor hear Sarge. That's using our minds. That's like that's like the barrels in Jaws. Okay. Also, maybe money was a factor. We didn't want Sarge smashing down, you know, sets that they still need to be using here. But you know it's bad because they say it's bad. Yes, which leads to this verbal confrontation that causes Clark Gregg to slip and say a name not uttered since season one. Yes. Come on, kill me, Sky. End it. Not only are the effects here among the best in the series as he, I don't know, dust stone whatever as he yells and kind of bits of his face are coming off and going back again which is just an amazing amazing effect on top of that you have clark Gregg's acting where you can see him shift from sarge to colson uh i'm not saying necessarily pete it's 100 percent colson is totally back but you can see the colson in that moment and it kind of was shocking because he doesn't it's not like you know colson has a limp and wears an eye patch so when you put those things on ta-da it's colson it's just that ethereal actor thing where Colson is back in front of us because Clark Gregg does something not with this facial muscle or this cheek or whatever. It's behind the eyes. It's part of the, the, the spirit of him. Yeah. Ultimately resulting in a hug here, there together. And from that emotional moment, we're whisked to a pyramid where Yo-Yo awakes again, this time chained to a column with Mac. Izel is there with her disco ball of death. Do you get much more peak Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. madcap craziness than the ancient pyramid with the happy couple chained off to the side before there was some sort of sacrifice act slash magic portal opening that will lead to ending the world? I mean, this is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Act five begins with Fitzsimmons positing that if only there was some way to hyper stimulate themselves with a chemical so that Izell couldn't take over. Hmm, Matt, it's not as if we've seen that at some point this season. Well, Pete, most importantly, the dangers of taking uh, amphetamines are mentioned. Pete, if there's one takeaway lesson from this episode it's uh you want to keep it uh all natural all this all that no need to fight your bad guys while on amphetamines deke notes the resonant frequencies here from Izel, like the monoliths the atoms and empty space they're going to create some form of sonic barrier like a belt buckle I thought maybe Deke was going to connect the dots one more dot and say, you know, like his anti-gravity belt buckle that he used to have. But in S.H.I.E.L.D. years, that was forever ago, even though it was, what, seen as recently as last season. Uh, but, you know, easy come, easy go. Bottom line, uh, they need to get their bodies blocked to prevent her from entering. Time for some family designing. Piper notes that Benson was found in a pod in the Yucatan. So we have an idea here towards location of the temple. And uh, Daisy and May 
discuss how uh, she saw a side of Sarge. She didn't expect that he is actually in there as Sarge grabs his sword. They highlight how he, whether it's Sarge, Coulson, whatever, whatever the master force is in there, he wants to belong. And all Coulson wanted was for them to take care of each other. Cut to the Yucatan. The orb is glowing. Izel walks really slowly up the stairs. <laughs> like there must have been another take where she kind of hot footed it or or something, but they went with this. Uh, the stones in the temple are made of the same material as the Dialas. Uh, why is she telling them the bad guy plans? That's usually a precursor for bad guy deaths. Yes, with the Dialas destroyed, however, uh, if only they had a way to make them intact. Her family's going to come through and spread across the galaxy. There's a ritual, of course, for the two-hour season finale next week. Um, but their minds, Elena's and Max, will recreate the Dialas so that she can do this with the stone of the temple and the frequencies and the whatnot. And, hey, who's that character, Matt? who is not named. It is, of course, Flint from last season to end the act for the tag scene, Pete. The Chronicoms are acting all Chronicami. They also say things like Chronica 2 and Chronica 3. With only 45 seconds to do so, we get peak Chronicomicness. Pete, this scene all about the conflict between Atara and Malachi, take us through it. Yes, uh, Atara wants to and believes she can now prevent the extinction level event that happened to Chronica 2. Uh, Malachi has reached a different conclusion that they need to establish a Chronica 3. His request denied. His denial leads to her death. And if there wasn't enough surprise in this scene, Malachi sends hunters after new targets to end the episode. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. We begin with Maxell. Yes, it does seem to be the most uh, the most ill done by Izel while inhabiting Mac, particularly with that surprising twist at the top. I'm still I, I know sometimes episodes need to just do things to move things forward. Shouldn't it have been on Yo-Yo's, on the forefront of Yo-Yo's mind that she shouldn't trust the other person in there necessarily because of Izel doing Izel things? I liked the twist. I didn't see it coming. Um, I think that for her to lose time, the this orientation that occurs with that would make it believable. Oh, I didn't realize that this could be Mac. I thought that she was playing enough of Mac for her to buy it. Fair enough. And I think that that, that bit of actorly decision does come into play, uh, particularly as we switch over to Izel and Yo-Yo. Definitely a, um, well, at, at no point is, Izel in yo-yo pretending that she's just yo-yo, but we also get that 
that switch in performance there from Natalia Cordova Buckley, where there's that there's that clear line and one that I really appreciate. Yeah, and when she's taking her over and the added ability of the powers and everything that that brings to it, the menace on top of who Izel is and what she wants to do. Um, it's almost as if Matt, that the tactical decision made by Mac, yes, you know, make it so that one of us could be inhabited instead of the other fully. And she has the potential to switch back and forth, needing Mac for command codes and essentially the, the ability to give people orders. And then with yo-yo for the powers gives her the best of both worlds and that somebody has the demon in her or him and not the other. Have to mention Malachi as well, who, you know, as I was watching the episode before that tag scene even came up, it was like, oh, wait, weren't the Chronicoms like, you know, the last time we saw them, wasn't it like, and let us begin, or we already have the data or something like that. And I kind of feel like we're not headed back there, but then all of a sudden we are. And surprise, surprise, Malachi, a.k.a. the Space Terminator, out sending more Space Terminators to terminate people. Yeah, and to bring the Chronicom storyline back to this, headed into our two-hour finale next week, Matt, hashtag, it's all connected. Welcome to Level 7. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, if only after six seasons could a character who has idolized Captain America have the ability to suddenly have powers of his own? That is a fun bit of storytelling going on here. If you are proposing, hey, the Coulson in season seven will retain these powers... I don't know. I kind of feel like we're going to see the big, uh, you know, the, the separation of the the Shrike creature from the body, and then all those memories will come rushing back, and we'll kind of get that character reset, a la Fitz, where missing out on some some more recent memories, but you know, the same old Coulson because a copy was made. Uh, it would be interesting, though, to enter that final season with superpowered Coulson. That would be an interesting arc for the character to have gone. We have Benson here with his deceased husband, Thomas, and the subject of his drinking comes back that he could smell the drink on his breath um, before he is vanquished by Izel. So... Uh, did he make the decision to let his late husband go, uh, affected by alcohol, putting the grief back on him? Was the accident, you know, led to believe before that he had been in on the accident? He wasn't at the wheel, right? I don't think that Benson was at the wheel. I just kind of read it as... You know, references have been made earlier on to Benson's uh, alcoholism in the past and things of that sort. Um, I just, again, I just read that whole scene as these are all things that Benson could have witnessed himself. And that's why Thomas is repeating them. It gets 
presented in a way where there's that supposition of guilt that is meant to tug at Benson's heartstrings and obviously effectively does so. Um, as for, you know, did Benson make an impaired decision to pull the plug? I, I My gut just tells me no. My gut tells me that even if he had been drinking or maybe had been drinking in excess, that Thomas was just not coming back and and you know i mean at the end of the day it was the doctors i assume who are the ones that actually pull the plug even if it's at at someone's directive so i would hope that if he was impaired the doctors would have said you know what let's let's have this discussion in the morning we got to talk some superpower physics here okay there's the scene in the containment pod where yo-yo uh, uses her powers to grab the disco ball of destruction, um, and she has it. But super speed, Matt, is nothing when apparently uh, Izel could just leap into you, though you have super speed and could go out of the way. Yeah, uh, I agree with your critique there that you know, I know she needs to yo-yo back to her starting point, but there seemed to be this this discontinuity between her then putting up further fight. Uh, now, if you want to say, well, it was it was a no-win scenario, and what they were trying to do was get Benson and the box out of there to get word and help and this and that and the other to trust the team to save the day in the finale. Uh, and that therefore that's why Yo-Yo was acting that way. Eh, okay, fine. But ultimately uh, a less than powered use out of our powered character here. We've opened up now the possibility with uh, Izel's family and the need for more hosts and the team on their way, Matt. So who else can we expect to be infested by an Izel Sarge-like spirit. I feel like my my interest in seeing a lot of this shell game, who's infested, who isn't, I feel like I'm getting to the home stretch of that. I'm not quite there yet, but I think it's well served that we had the we had the body hopping last episode with everybody there. You know. I'm, let me put it this way, Pete. I'm not going to be totally thrilled if we have an episode or have a portion of an episode next week where, you know, five or eight of our main characters are all standing in a circle, but they're not actually our characters. They're all the army of the the inhabited Shrike folk. You know, eh, okay. I, I'm ready to move on from that. And I think that, I think they kind of used, they used a lot of that in last week's, shell game uh, portion of the episode. So hopefully it's something new. Fitz talks about needing a way to disrupt what Izel could do with some form of chemical space puffies. Well, you know what? If we've learned anything, Pete, it's that uh, misuse of drugs is bad. Unless of course you're Simmons and Daisy who actually looked like they had a pretty fun time. So maybe that's not the message but uh, definitely amphetamines bad. We have that made clear in this episode. Don't do amphetamines. When you create a situation with this most powerful Diala that uh, it can recreate anything your mind sees, 
we recreate Flint. Uh, Izel wants to recreate the other Dialas structurally with a guy who has a superpower to move rocks. Um, is there no end to what or whom might be recreated? Well, there must be an end at a certain point. So I think, again, in terms of the plotting of the season, we're well served to have this ability to you know pull people back. We're well served to have that with two episodes to go. Uh, I have to wonder to what degree was this written to be all aired on one night. I guess it ultimately doesn't make any difference. As, you know, if you're going to call it part one, part two, both need to be 42 minutes long. So you, you, know, you plan accordingly. You plan your act breaks accordingly uh, regardless. But this too is a storyline where the ability to recreate anything, anywhere, anyhow, that should probably be concluded in the next two episodes as well. Otherwise... It's going to lose its potency. You get a Robbie Reyes mention. We had Ghost Rider mentioned in the last episode. We get a second Lincoln mention in the last two episodes. So, Matt, could either, could both be resurrected, if not for this season six finale, somehow in season seven? Well, I think increasingly that's where we're headed um take your pick season six season seven if it's an issue let's say with um luke mitchell who last time i checked is still on the blind spot and work underway now for its fifth and final season uh let's say that they could work out schedule wise him making an appearance long or short uh, let's say that his contract allows him to, you know, guest star, or even if the contract doesn't, hopefully everybody's cool with it. My point is this, Pete, he's busy on another show. You're not necessarily going to get the five episode return of uh, Lincoln in, you know, ghost form or rock form or whatever. But could you get him back for a scene for an episode? Things like that are definitely possible, uh, even with some of these real world contractual and logistical constraints. Matt, who are these new targets that the Chronicoms have, and where is Enoch? Well, I don't know where Enoch is, but he has to show up between now and the end of the series. In these remaining 15 episodes, we need more Enoch. As for the new targets, I guess I had just read it as Fitz and Simmons, even though I guess technically they're not new targets. Uh, maybe it's Izel and Sarge. It definitely, it was weird to re-inject the Chronicom storyline at this point. I felt like, particularly for an episode that didn't do anything with them, we had our end at the end of the act with, you know, Izel and the temple and all of that. And it's like we didn't return to that story. And I know that there's many, many instances where that's been the case, but this kind of felt like an out-of-the-blue transition. I wasn't crazy with it. I know other people online weren't. It's all about, you know, where they headed with it, though. Pete, I know where we are headed, though, for this upcoming TV season. Heck, Pete, between now and the end of the calendar year, we'll be talking Watchmen, Godfriended Me, The Mandalorian, Runaways. Might even get a, a epic space battle movie at the end of December in there. And all of this made possible by the people who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. The reality is... It is, though, Matt, is that costs increase. And to bring you all this stuff, 
we need your help to keep the podcast running and sustainable with our backlog. So everybody who contributes at least a dollar, the minimum to get in on Patreon, gets access to all sorts of exclusive podcast content. That support always appreciated and always making sure that we are listeners supported and we are sustainable with that back catalog and our future endeavors. Let's check the wire. Pete, our post Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. poll uh, asking for people to vote about the episode. Pete, a first number of votes for one star table smash. Zero votes, zero percent. Uh, that's speaking to the the fun of the episode. Four uh, percent gave a two stars knife to the back. Sixteen uh, percent said three stars. Remember Sarge, and then four stars. Eighty percent said grab the sword. In what was uh, some enthusiastic response to this episode, had a tweet from Andre Yeager. That's at Doctor Polo, nineteen eighty three. So many questions. Can this Flint reassemble the monoliths? Uh, are the Chronicoms headed to Earth? Where's Enoch? A lot to tie in and wrap up in two hours next week. Can't wait. Great episode. Pete, I know we touched on a couple of those, but can Flint reassemble the monoliths? Absolutely, Matt. Why else would you reach for this character? Lastly, Pete here, I know that our pal Jen Phillips, that's Jen Phillips 721 on Twitter, she is decidedly not a Deke fan. I mean, very anti-Deke, and that's okay. You can have your opinions. Um, but I had tweeted during the episode, or maybe it was towards the end, but she lives on the West Coast. I didn't want to spoil stuff, but I had said, I look forward to Jen Phillips hating Deke in the first half of tonight's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Pete, that's not because I hate him. That's just because he was being peak Deke. But will she like him in the second half? Her response, he proved to be useful after all. Hope it continues. <laughs> Pete, rebellions are built on hope. So is our hope that Jen will like Deke more. I look forward to the end of the seventh season where Deke is, is going off into the sunset as the grandchild of Fitzsimmons, as the son of their child in the future and uh jen shedding a tear pete how can people be in touch with you to talk about their anticipation their hopes their dreams for the season six finale all while season seven now has wrapped filming we're just left to editing music special effects the team there on the west coast is going to be shrinking hey music has wrapped thanks Bear McCreary. Hey, effects have wrapped. Thank you, Mark Colpack. It's going to reach a point where it's just Jed and Marissa and and the, the editor. Then the editor will be done. We're going to go from, you know, five, four, three, two, one. Then the show will be gone. How can people talk through the end of season six in fiction and the real world knowledge that the show is coming to an end? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, -E 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 10,603. Followers can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word. Like it today. We got your Watchmen big trailer 
update going. We got Jessica Jones rap coming to you tomorrow. Little bit on the end of the grand Marvel Netflix uh, experiment. A little later this week, Matt, before we'll be back to you talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the big season six finale. Well, with that, Pete, you covered it all. So I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. I'm not the cure for your loneliness. 